This podcast will contain spoilers about Mass Effect 3, so if you haven't played it, for the love of God, don't listen to it. But listen later, because it's pretty good. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to episode 61 of the Legendary Frogcast. I'm Joseph Blanchett, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Eh? Eh. That's a Mass Effect reference. Yes, I noticed. And I also like how this podcast is still called the Legendary Frogcast, even though you said it was going to be changed ages ago. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but what do I change it to? I don't know. Um, The podcast with Joey and friends. <laughs> Joey and friends. Yeah, I like it. I'm keeping it until it's no longer appropriate. Yeah, I know. And, uh, hey, I'm just giving it a hard time. You're uh, Richard, Richard Farrow, aren't you? Am I? Am oh, I? You are. Unless you died in the first game, then you won't be here anymore. That's another oh. Mass Effect reference. <laughs> oh, we're just right out of the gate. Out of the gate, we're talking about Mass Effect. And our, our original plan was to do a, matro- a Mass Effect retrospective, a ma- Mastrospective, I don't know. And uh, I think I just want to do a review of Mass Effect 3, um, so we just get that out of the way. Initial reactions, basically. Um, well, I mean, we beat the game, so it's our it's our thoughts on it. Oh yeah. Well, so, when, when you fin- so you finished it last night, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I finished it last night as well. I'd- and I had a night of contemplating what I thought, and I think I, I think I have a good idea. <clears throat> but it, um, it was interesting because I I was playing this game at a point in which I was completely exhausted, and uh, in with daylight saving set in, it was probably like four or five in the morning by the time I finished the game. Um, I tended to do most of the story important stuff when I was pretty awake, so I, I didn't really felt much fatigue. But, um, okay, so we're going to review Mass Effect 3 here. Um, we're, we're obviously big fans of the series. We both played 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, we really, we, and we obviously really enjoyed it. Um, it. It was probably the most... The, the best video game series I have ever played. I put Mass Effect 2 as one of my... Um, top five games in that podcast that we did a little while ago. And uh, it, it was more for the Mass Effect, like um, like the series about how, like the lore and like the, the gameplay choices that you make. But I mean, I put Mass Effect 2 up there because it's, on top of that, Mass Effect 2 is a really good game, so. Now, in hindsight, now this is just before we get into anything, would you say that Mass Effect 3 is better than Mass Effect 2? Right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, no, it's, I'm, think, and I'm not going to bring up, I'm not going to bring up obvious facts we're going to be talking about yeah, later. I, just I think from a gameplay perspective, yes, Mass Effect 3 is, has a much better combat system. It has a better weapon system. Um, it has better story progression. Um, graphics are about the same and all that stuff from a character point. I would say that was not the focus of Mass Effect 3. And uh, it was mostly about conclusions, uh, wrapping up loose story threads and big galactic issues, and not necessarily about introducing new characters and giving them backstories. Yeah. So I would say from a gameplay point, yes. From a character standpoint, no. But I don't think they tried to live up to um, the previous game because that wasn't the focus of it. All right. Cool. Yep. What do you think? I think, um, like you said, on a gameplay 
standpoint, there's a lot of things in this game which I really liked. I like the fact that characters no longer were just sitting around in the Normandy all day. They actually interacted with each other, and they would follow you up to the Citadel, and they'd interact there. It seemed as though the concept that these characters are doing their own thing and that they're interacting with others. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, like Mass Effect 2, one of the... Oh, kind of the, not boring parts, but every time you you beat a mission, I had to trick all over the Normandy, like seeing what Jack thought of that last mission. And most of the time, yeah. she'll say, "Say no, no, nothing. I have nothing to say to you." I'm like, yeah, oh, it's, that was it's, a that was a waste of three minutes waiting for the loading screen going down to the bottom of the of the ship. Yeah, but now like uh, the characters like they 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 talk to each other. So even if they may not have anything to say about the mission, if you go to visit them, then two of the the uh, crew may, crew members might be speaking to each other. So it's yeah. just another way to um, just make the ship feel more alive and get to know the characters more when they're not talking to you. And, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I actually really like that part. It added a little bit more, a little more flair to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously expectations were really high with Mass Effect 3, especially with, with fans of uh, previous two games. Right up there with the second coming of Christ. But now it's the coming of the Reapers. Oh. And uh, exactly. they're here to eradicate all organic life in the universe. And uh, the game starts on Earth, kind of loosely set up by that DLC that was in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Um. And uh, that's when the Reapers come invade Earth, and Commander Shepard and the crew of the Normandy get off, um, get off planet, just barely. And uh, Commander Shepard's on a plan to save the galaxy. Yep. I I overall I felt um, just just from the the standpoint of the demo, I felt as though that was a great way to start it. Um, I didn't play the demo, but I understand it was the first mission in the game. It was like the opening of the game. It was, in my opinion, it was, it was just a great way to start the game because you knew a lot of things were going to... I think, for instance, the whole the whole concept of the kid, the the little kid that gets killed by the Reaper at the very beginning, it's it's very symbolic of, of how Shepard is feeling the entire it's symbolic, time. symbolic, but those dream sequences were cheesy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true, it's true, but I, it's... Because I feel as though that really resonates with him throughout the rest of the game. Oh, yeah, like I think that was, was Ponent for him. But I think the dream sequences later were just kind of <laughs> yeah. Although although you know it's always fun to to walk around in a big old smoky forest with the voice of Morden sounding sounding out over over you. That was a neat like retros kind of a neat uh, retrospective on his part, like all the all the lives that he had to sacrifice in order to get the get the job done. So I, I get the point of it, but yeah. But I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. Plays because... the melodrama on thick. Let's just say that. <laughs> but I mean. Overall, for the first two games, you never really see Shepard in a point at, at a point where he is desperate or he's that's, that's very, true. very weak. And I, you really feel that in this game. You feel as though he's helpless at some yeah. points. Commander Shepard, as a character in this game, is more just more human. Like the other ones, he's kind of like he may have doubts every once in a while, but he's always we can do this. Humanity is strong. And yeah. Quickly in this game, he seems the he sees the. The odds that he's up against, he's like, "How the hell am are we gonna do this?" And it's and it's realistic. I, I mean, for the first two games, you really start looking at Shepard, and you're like, "Are you serious?" I mean, in reality, no person would have this would would, would be this 
completely driven. I mean, like the first game was just you know one rogue specter, yeah, with a with a big gigantic ship, and the other and the next game was a little more, well, a lot more dire where there was a like a, a colonies disappearing. But now you have these skyscraper sized robots attacking every civilized planet in the galaxy, and you're like, oh, what the yeah unfair guys <laughs> play by the rules, but um. Uh- Reapers don't play by the rules. Yeah, they don't play by the rules. And they made it, maybe not at first, but they made it pretty clear that Earth is kind of what the Reapers are are kind of focusing on. Like, yeah, because, you know, Shepard's been giving him a lot of trouble, and Harbinger was like, look, guys, I understand you want to take out the Asari and Turians, but, I mean, <laughs> these humans are kind of a pain in the ass, so why don't we just take care of them first? They were putting a lot of pressure on Palvin, which is the Turian homeworld, because of their military. So... Yeah. If they keep the, the uh, Turian, and like they know the Turians are going to defend their planet to the last man, so they keep the Turians held up in their own thing. It gives them plenty of time to attack Earth, which compared to everyone else isn't as well defended. And I think the Reapers have a interest in humanity because they kind of see them as the kind of the most diverse of all the species of the Senian species. So I think they just want to get Earth out of the way because they knew that they could have the potential to stop them. But they forgot one major threat. Commander Shepard? No. Blasto, the Hanarchy. <laughs> with, with his partner in crime? Uh, the Elcor. Badassily. They completely forgot. They, you know what? The, the Reapers, that was a huge mistake on their part. They don't part. Have Blasto, because this, this one thinks he's going to enkindle your posterior. <laughs> um, that was the moment in Mass Effect 2 when you were on Ilium, and they had like the the, uh, the news broadcast, and they had an advertisement for Blasto, the uh, uh, the Hanar Spectre. <laughs> I just about lost it. Oh, man, uh, I love that. Yeah, so... Commander Shepard is is tasked with uniting the species of the of the different species of the galaxy to work together and defend Earth, a planet that's not even theirs. Um, yeah. And the first stop, well, the first stop is on is they uh, take a trip to Mars, which where... I actually was really happy about because I was always for, for, from the start of the first game, I had always wanted to see what Mars looked like at this point. Just, just to to visit it because I imagine that there was gonna be some interesting stuff I there. Notice this. Did did, did Mars ha- Mars had a uh, did Mars have a, a breathable atmosphere? And in- um, no, they actually. I think w- what happened was, um, according to the Codex and everything that that was explained, when they found the Prothean beacon, because yeah, that's um, where the Prothean beacon was. Yeah, because that was the yeah that was their first contact with the Prothean. I mean, with Prothean technology, they decided to leave. Mars, but on the way it was, oh. to yeah, to avoid um, possibly um, tampering with it or something. I, I'm not sure. That makes I, sense because because yeah. realistically, Mars would be one of the first places that we we go and try to change it, if we had the technology. Yeah. But once it, they discovered they had an entire uh, this entire like a, a galaxy to explore, then who cares? We'll find a world that has air on it. <laughs> um. But that's going back to like Mass Effect lore and stuff. So yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to Mars where Liara, the uh, the current shadow broker, is um 
<clears throat> and my shepherd's love interest. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I dumped her ass. Her blue. Uh, ass. Why you were you're, you're a tally manser? Her tally, yeah. Uh. Um. She's uh, researching protein technology as she's prone to do, but this time she found something. She found an ancient, ancient device. Supposed to be a weapon against the Reaper, which I thought was really convenient that she just happened to find this at the beginning yes. of the game. Um, I do you have... almost think that some guy at Bioware was like, hey guys, we need a way to stop these Reapers because we can't defeat them conventionally. I thought it was pretty convenient how they just found a weapon at yeah. the very start of the game. <laughs> and like, oh, we'll, we'll build it, guys. It's like, okay. Well, their original plan on starting the game right after they finished the Crucible probably wouldn't work out. Mm. But I don't know. Actually, you know what? I, I got to point out something. Did you notice that nearly every character in this story at one point said, we can't fight the Reapers conventionally? Well, you can't. But... Well, I know. I'm just saying it. But, I mean, there's so many different ways you could say that. I mean, there's no way we can fight the Reapers. There's too many of them. We can't fight. There's no way we can take them out because they're, they're just too strong. No, it was always the same way. All these different characters just said, we can't take them out conventionally. They also say... Just don't send us on another suicide mission, Shepard. <laughs> they also say that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, just, I, I just thought that was an interesting so point. So, plot convenience cons aside, they, uh, they, uh, they find plans for a weapon. They find out that Cerberus has been using Reaper technology to enhance their, their uh, soldiers. So, yeah. So, Liara joins the team, which I, I liked all that stuff. Uh, in my game, Ashley was back. Yeah, I... Um, interesting story. I was... When I I was going to do a perfect playthrough of Mass Effect, but I didn't have the time. And the only playthrough I had was one where Caden I had saved instead of Ashley. So it was really awkward for the for the entire game because there was always like this romance music playing when I was having conversations with him. <laughs> and it was just I mean, oh, I don't know, it's, it's it's you play a, a male or female shepherd. I played a male shepherd. Why was there romance music? No, it's just it. I have no idea. It just sounded... I think it's supposed to be like, you know, all the memories of yeah. our past missions. But I feel as though Bioware it was under the, 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 the thought process that all of the male Shepard playthroughs will save Ashley, while all the female playthroughs were going to save Caden. And I think that they didn't think that any any male Shepherds were going to save Caden. I'm not sure if, it, if maybe that's the I correct... I like Ashley more as a, as a character, so... I, w I was really annoyed by Ashley in the first game, so I just kind of dropped her. But in reality, I, in hindsight, I I don't know. I feel as though it would have been more interesting because there would be more tension as far as the way her character acts in the story. I feel as though Caden is very complacent, and that's not something that I felt helped the story. Well, but, uh, Ash Ashley is like, did uh, Caden like, not trust you because you were in Cerberus? Because Ashley made made a big deal about how she didn't like that. Yeah, it was that was something that was going on for the, for a good bit of the game. I imagine most of the stuff is about the same. There's just some little differences in their, like, backstory and all that stuff, so. Um, so I guess the first thing Commander Shepard does is try to get the Turians to help him out. Which I, I thought was very cool to see Palavin, although we didn't actually see yeah, Palavin. Yeah, we see Palavin. Of Palavin. Yeah. And it, it kind of had one of the best uh, backdrops in the game with, you know, the Palavin in the background with their all, all their cities burning and these huge Reaper ships, you know, just, just like surrounded yeah. the planet. And I thought that was really cool. I like that, too. It was um, 
and also great way to bring uh, Garrus back, who is probably my favorite character in in the Mass Effect series. He's one of the backbones. Like out of there's a few essential characters in Mass Effect, and I think they're Garrus, Liara, and uh, Tally, and to a lesser extent uh, Rex. Yeah. And like they they they're all involved in kind of the major political stuff that's going on in some way, like the. Uh, they're all tied up in it. The uh, Aquarians and the Geth and uh, the Solarians and the uh, Krogan with the uh, Genophage and all that stuff. So, uh, like, they offer the most, most uh, like, the backbone to the characters, I think. On that note, I just want to bring up that I really like the way that the political relationship between the Krogan and the Turians was played out in this game. I thought it was fantastic the way that uh, they were able to to bring up all these different things, like the... The issue with the genophage, for for one, um, I like the mission where the Turians had to go and disable the bomb on on yeah, that's, that's a little later, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just, it's just like ancient war history that the Krogan never forgave, but the Turians were like, get over it, you know? Yeah, they're like, we can't get over it. We are, we are a neutered species because of you. And um, so yeah, like the Turians say, we can't help you. Our planet's burning. They're just like, well. What if we get the Krogan to help? And the Kro- um was Rex alive in your game? Oh, yes, Rex was alive. Okay, so in my game, it was, um, or not, Reeve was kind of the representative. He was like the successor to Rex, and he has a real bad attitude problem. Really? Yeah, so he, he was like, you... once it's like, we can't trust the Turians, and if, we, if you cure the General Phage, we're going to we'll be unstoppable, is basically what he was yeah. saying. Well, Rex, in in um, who was the character that was alive in mine? Um, yeah. He he uh, was very adamant about making sure that the the Krogans didn't make the same mistakes again. Yeah, he had more of a level head. Yeah, which I I thought that was really cool. That uh, and um, it was a case where even though I I really like Rex, and I think the game would have been like that part of the game would have little been would have been better with like a character you knew. I I really liked Reeve and how he was just. You know, he was like Krogan first, like I'm gonna rip your head off, Turian. I'm gonna if you mess with us, we'll decimate your planet. <laughs> and like I actually kinda like that because he's like the opposite end of the of the Krogan spectrum from Rex. He was just like revenge, bloodshed and all that stuff. So did Reeve Reeve got on the Normandy with you then and he spent a whole bunch of time on there. Yeah, right? he like hung out in the in the war room. Yeah. Rex wasn't a, a party member, was he? No, he wasn't a party member, but uh, he he basically played the same role that that Reeve did, but with a different attitude. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like actually, like that part, it kind of added, like it, it made the Krogan more more hostile, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, but I would like Rex there, but so they say if you cure the general phage, we'll uh, let's go back to Garrus for a second. Um, All right. Imagine if he wasn't around in Mass Effect Three because he died in. The, I'm in the suicide mission, like... I honestly have no idea how that would work. Like, um, him and Tally both. It's like, they're, they're such back... Like I said, backbones to... Like, they're, like, Shepard's best bros, so... Yeah. Like, imagine if they weren't there. It wouldn't have hardly the same emotional resonance. So, I mean, yeah, you gotta really ask yourself, what would ha- would have happened if that wasn't the case? Because if, if Tally and Garrus are dead... It is how- possible that a, you know, a competent player in Mass Effect 2 that really cares about the story. I, I know it's pretty easy for a, a Tally to die. 
it's a little harder for Garrus, but it's possible they're not there. And I think that's kind of does the player base a, a disservice when if you're trying to take back the Corian homeworld and Tally isn't there. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. Like that's, like, that's why the player is invested is because of her. Yeah. And, and to a lesser extent, uh, Garrus with uh, Palavin, but but Garrus is kind of there for emotional support. Like he's your war buddy, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's be interesting if they if they are not around for Mass Effect Three for some players, like if if they had a, a different kind of emotional response to this stuff. But um, okay, so the Krogan want to a cure for the agenophage, and Shepard's so like, we, we can't do that. But they're like, wait a minute, maybe we can, because of the Salarian that a uh, Salarian from from uh, Borden, the, the, Borden, the, uh, with the very model of a scientist Salarian. Yeah, but uh, like Borden's old, old student was working on a cure, and the Salarian government has a, a, a fertile female in custody because of that, and um, so it's okay. So we have to. We have to go to their home world. I forget the name. And was Morden alive in your game? Uh yes, Morden was. I, I base every everybody in in uh in Mass Effect Two uh, made it through the suicide mission. Okay, me too. So he's a uh, he's alive and well, and he's he's trying. He was the one who leaked it out that they have a a fertile female Krogan, and um he has a different voice actor. <laughs> you notice that? I didn't think so. He does. He's a different voice actor. Oh my gosh. I was. That's actually really surprising. It's. You can kind of tell he does. He he's not as good as with the inflictions, and like the the pacing as the other actor was, and that kind of disappointed me because I really liked uh, Morden's voice actor in the, in the other game. Wow, I didn't even notice that. I noticed it right away. Well, first off, I knew it wasn't the same, so I was able to to catch it pretty quick. Uh. But uh, I was surprised. Oh how much Morden actually played into the plot, because I was kind of expecting that most of these side characters from 2 would, uh, wouldn't have much of a role. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but with Morden, it was actually one of the bigger ones. I was, I was very, very happy with his contribution to uh, the game. I felt as though he, he's a very likable character. In fact, I, I imagine that ar- he's arguably one of the most popular characters of Mass Effect 2. Oh yeah, this is because he's he's funny and stuff, but he also has the one of the better loyalty missions in two. Yeah, where it's you learn about his well, you learned this before, but his uh involvement in the uh, general phase, like the uh, Krogan were were beginning to adapt, so he was he was in charge of the team that was you know making it even better. Yeah, and uh, Solarians just think so quick. Like one minute they're like, he's like, oh no, our our choice was right in the gen- in bringing the uh, general phase. But in three, it's like it's like no, it was right, it was right yesterday, but now it's not right. We need the Krogan. Yeah. So we're Although, gonna- I would I I really think as though during during the um the loyalty mission uh for Morden in, in Mass Effect Two really kind of opened his eyes to what he was doing. And well, I, I think, think he always realized that, but he didn't regret his decisions, you know? Yeah. But I feel as though that planted a seed, kind yeah. of like an exception. Yeah. But, I mean, like, he, he was like, he didn't see it as murder, what he did. But he, he kind of saw it in, in, like, a different way. 
And um, so you go to Tachanka, a lot of missions on Tachanka, which I, I was glad to see more of because I like that planet. Yeah. Where uh, <clears throat> there's a Reaper protecting the atmosphere device that could uh, distribute the cure to everyone. And um, you have the, this is the first, first big choice in the game. Um, you can choose to, you know, do the cure or you can sabotage the cure so it's useless. And I, I'm guessing you chose the, the Paragon path. I, I did choose the Paragon path. Yeah. Um, did you? Oh, yeah. Like, basically, this playthrough is all Paragon choices. It, it was really interesting because apparently in the Renegade playthrough, there's two options. I, I'm not sure. I think there's one where Morden can survive somehow. But then there's another where if he's very adamant about um, doing the cure and you shoot him before he can. You shoot Morden? Wow. Yeah. You sh- yeah. So, I mean, I've always felt as though the Renegade playthrough has been very. I, I've never liked the the Renegade playthrough. I like it like on a second playthrough because it's like, oh, it's, it's just be a jerk. Yeah. Um, there is an option where if you. where Rex finds out about the uh about how it wasn't really the the cure and uh he confronts shepherd about it and he ends up shooting him so oh what reeve uh no rex oh sorry if you let uh reeve if you do the thing with reeve then he just he doesn't even know he just you know pledges his forces and you get actually you actually get more support that way because you get solarian and the krogan forces on your side yeah but yeah on uh morden if you do the Paragon route, he'll sacrifice himself to um, to uh, distribute the, the QR because the Reaper like decimated the tower. Yeah, which I will say is the character that that was the part of this game that made me cry. Oh yeah, I thought it was a great character moment. I was like, like because he he sacrificed himself for the species that he helped cripple, and uh, I just thought it was real sitting. He was smiling throughout the entire thing, like so. Yeah, and he was singing too. Yeah. I, it, it, it was it, it was a real tearjerker. Um, this game, there were there were plenty of moments like that for you me. You had the best hell yeah moment when the Thresher Maw leaped oh, out of the ground and took out. I don't like that, even though I knew about it because it was in the the trailer, the trailers and stuff. But it was. I was more. convinced that the Reaper was going to kill the Thresher Maw. I saw the trailer and I was like, "There's no way that a Reaper is going to get killed by oh, a Thresher." This is one of like the smaller Reapers. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, um, this had a set piece where like they actually repeat this a few times in the game, where there's a Reaper in the foreground and you're like avoiding his lasers and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think they were trying to recreate the last, the last mission in the first game, where like uh-huh. you're, you're traveling up the Citadel and like there's Sovereign in the background. And uh, technically, they do a better job when they do that in here, but they do it like four times. <laughs> yes. So it, it kind of lost impact a little bit. The more it's like, oh, there's another Reaper that I'm avoiding laser beams from. <laughs> yeah. I think at this point, I think uh, Shepard's Reaper Reaper kill count is getting unnaturally high. Yeah. Killed more Reapers than anyone else in the galaxy. Pretty much. So, yeah, but- that was... Uh, so, so you I just I was having kind of a kind of like a streamlined approach to it, and there really wasn't any any choices prior to this. Um, when they do make a choice like the uh, a general phase, like you feel involved in it, which I liked. Yeah. So, uh, but 
I mean, it, it's interesting though because in Mass Effect Two, there was a lot more free reign as far as which missions you decided to do first. Yeah, I felt as though in Mass Effect Three, there wasn't it wasn't as prevalent because it it, it was a lot more about it, it was more linear. Oh yeah, the, like like I said before, two was you can do the game basically anywhere you want, and like two really didn't have a lot of story in it, like actual plot. Uh, plot. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Further to the plot mission, which I think is they they understood that and they decided to roll it back and make it more like Mass Effect One. In yeah, because that had more of a, of a streamlined story too. Even though there was some uh, different order you can do stuff in. Yeah. Um, because two really only had like four collector missions in it, like four or five. It really wasn't that much. Everything else you were doing in that game was all character-related. And I think that's one of the parts I like most about it is, you know, you're exploring all these characters' backstory and all that. But, yeah, 3 definitely, like, you know, you're here to save the Reapers. You don't have time to worry about these little petty things. But we yeah. didn't mention uh, James Vega, who's, like, the only new character. Um, what, what is there to talk about him? He's the most unimportant character. Uh, he's... He's not, I, I, he's, he's not a bad character, but he didn't add anything to the game. Absolutely not. I mean, wait, wasn't he the the? Um, I think he was the romance option for for a gay shepherd. I think wasn't wasn't well, that the he's, reason? He's not a romance option for for any shepherd. I, I looked it up. I, I was in the impression that that he was. Oh. Nope. I would have. Oh. I, I would have kind of loved if this big beefcake guy <laughs> was like the the gay romance thing. I just would have oh. found that humorous. Yeah, because that—that's what I—that's what I assumed. Because they said that he was gonna have a like, a, or, or was that the guy on the on the in the cargo bay? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, he was the uh, like the pilot who had like the husband. Um, oh yeah. Guy. Like he was he's he's the romance option for Bell Shepherds and um, uh, the um, the comms lady who who took uh, Kelly's place. Um, she's the uh, female shepherd option. For, for crew members. Yeah. Uh, a trainer, I think her name is. Yeah. Oh, didn't mention uh, Edie as a squad member. Uh, I think that's, that was a very interesting uh, gameplay, uh, like story choice, if you ask me. And at the same time, I also thought it was very interesting that um, you you created this new romance between Joker and Edie because before it was, you know, you knew always knew that Joker really loved the ship. Mm-hmm. And it, and you know, and then so, suddenly in Mass Effect Two, Joker finds this basically this characterization of the ship in a sexy female voice that he doesn't get along with at first. Yeah. But by the end of the game, like they even kind of joke around. Yeah. About how like, oh, I wish I could marry the ship and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, at first, I thought it was really silly. Yeah. It was silly. Well, he had this kind of out of place looking character. Who's like the ship personified, but uh, he actually made it work pretty well, even if it is kind of like a kind of like I said, out of place art style. Um, it was it was neat, and, and they did some good stuff with it. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting in the fact that I mean, you have Geth, and I think that the Geth are really the only hu- semi humanoid robots in the story, <clears throat> and I and you never really see anything else like that. Other, um. 
so it was really interesting to see that they actually that there were human android um, variants in the game or in in the universe. Well, I mean, but, Edie is an AI, which is illegal, but yeah. they were passing her off as a as a a service mech, like to help Joker around because he could because he had a hard time walking around and all that. Yeah. Um, and like I like the stuff she had some. It's like some interesting questions about what makes you human. Um, they uh, didn't go into the fact that uh, that she's not really female. And um, I, I only say that because there's this in the uh, Ender book series. There's this in, in one of the later books where it kind of goes off in some weird directions. But um, they have a. It's kind of hard to explain, but they have basically a spirit that gets put into two bodies, one male, one's male and one's female. And one of the male characters falls in love with the, with the female characters. And she's like, you know, I'm not really female. It's just because I have this body. And like, I, I was kind of expecting them to get into, into that a little bit, but um, I guess they decided just not to yeah. get into that. Because I think like with the Asari and all that part of this universe that, just sexuality doesn't really matter to anyone. <laughs> so yeah, they, Joker, they, I would agree. Even though like a, a Joker may be, may be straight, but as long as it has a, a female voice, that's good enough for him. <laughs> I guess. But uh, yeah, it was cute, the kind of how their relationship developed. And it was actually Edie who initiated it. So, that, Which was nice. You know, I, I've always liked Edie, and it was nice to have this kind of character development in the story. I'm um, early on in the game. I was wondering, I was like, why don't they have Edie's little like holographic mouth thing? Yeah, I was. I noticed it as well uh, quickly, and, and I was curious about that. I mean, so they just didn't even bother with it. They just because pretty early on that happens. So like right after the Mars mission, actually. So, all right, moving on. I work on Edie as a carrot as a squad member. I didn't use her much because um, it's kind of like Mordrin in the first game and in the other game, like. His skills just weren't really my play style, so I don't really yeah. use much. I almost always had Garrus, Liara, and um, and Tally when Tally showed up. Oh, that brings up one interesting question. What did you did you did you have Javik? Oh yeah, let's get into the DLC character. Um, yes, I did. What did you think of it? I really liked how he was inter- how he was integrated throughout the entire story of the game. Like it wasn't just like a Kusami or, or or Zayed, where he did his mission. There's there's a little bit of dialogue, and then you you can go to the cabin and they have little one-liners. No, he was they had cutscenes, they had multiple dialogue trees. Uh, so I like that. The mission itself was like the cutscenes were interesting. The actual mission was not. Yeah. Um, and that gets into a discussion of why there was day one DLC. For this game, when in the other game they included it in all new copies, so um, I I I don't, I don't really know why they did that actually because well it would, I know why just because to make more money I think it was mostly EA side um you know I can't really prove that but I'm sure EA had a lot of saying it's like we're including the multiplayer in our online pass if you if you have this which was developed the DLC was developed after the game was done. So it's not like it was ever included in the Mass Effect 3 story at any point. 
but it is it's a Prothean squad member. It adds so much to the plot and actually made me enjoy kind of the, the quiet moments a lot more. And it has a ten dollar price tag. And I only got it because I'm such a big fan of Mass Effect. And I, yeah. I added to the problem because I went out and bought it. I got the collector's edition, so I it almost makes the collector's edition more attractive because it was eighty dollars for the collector's edition. Yeah, it was. So you, you get, get all this extra stuff plus the DLC that costs ten dollars. You know, so and you get a robot dog. You get a robot dog. You get a robot dog. I mean, one of those little uh, uh, dog mechs from two. Yeah. Falls you around the ship. Didn't get like a N seven hoodie. Um. Yes, he does. I mean, you don't get an actual N seven hoodie, which would have been cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, Shepard gets Shepard. an N seven hoodie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I really like Javik. He's he has a cool gun. It's it kind of like does more damage the longer it fires, which is neat. I didn't really. I don't know. I I, I used him a, a fair amount actually. I I used him a, like I used him for the Rachni mission. But other than that, I really didn't use him that much, and I didn't really talk to him that much. I don't know. There was just something oh, about him. It, you I have to really go care. back to him every every mission like everyone else because he always has some to say, and every yeah. once in a while he has actual cutscene. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the big one of the big twists in this game is that the Protheans weren't all kind, like weren't all benevolent like everyone thought they were. They were, they were they're like gonna, the, they're, the Klingons of the of the Mass Effect universe, kind of. Which I think was a very interesting twist. I, I I like that because you know you've never met these people before, but based on everything that you've seen about them, I mean, most people really are his eyes, and she kind of she kind of um. She kind of uh, romanticized the Protheans to a point of, you know, they're perfect beings. And I like the interactions between her and Javik because she's like, this guy's a jerk. Exactly. <laughs> what was I thinking? I think it's really interesting because, you know, everyone you, – you, there's plenty of Roman remains left in Europe. And everybody who looks at that, they, they romanticize the idea of the Romans. But in reality, the Romans were kind of a bunch of dicks. Yeah, like the, the Protheans were uh, – an empire that spanned throughout the entire galaxy, and if you didn't submit to their rule, they destroyed you. Yeah. And um, it was ultimately their undoing when the Reapers hit, because they didn't have this united galaxy like, you know, Shepard does. So. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Uh, I liked how, you know, he looked like a collector, because obviously they're the same species. Yeah. Um, although there's some statues on Ilos that are supposed to be Prothean. They don't look anything like them. But uh, yeah, I think they it's kind of confused by. I, I think they actually referenced saying those ruins were there before they even showed up, so it's kind of a little thing. But yeah, uh, I don't like how they charge for it. I think but I think if you want to get the most out of Mass Effect 3, you have to download the you have to download it. Yeah. But, so, what do you what do you think of the um the Quarian versus Geth conflict? Uh that's um is is that the next thing? Yeah, that's that's um you know, after after Tuchanka has been <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, no, actually, there's some before page. that. Um, you do the well. First, you go to Gresham, Gresham Academy, which is where the biotics go. I actually forgot to do that, and everybody there died. Oh, you did? Did you meet Jack later in the game? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, so she if you go there early, you know Jack is a teacher there, basically. Yeah, but if you leave them all to die you, when you're attacking the the uh, the Cerberus base later on, you see Jack being indoctrinated, and you have to kill her. 
That's kind of cool. It's kind of a, I hear if you killed Samara in two, then Mordorinth gets uh, transformed into like a, one of those like super banshees. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you have to fight her later on in the game. My gosh. So, yeah, so you just didn't do that mission and Jack was indoctrinated. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, there, there's a few missions in the game like that and the um, Yadok, the Kadokiyashi uh, Sanctuary that were kind of interesting world builders but didn't really progress the, like the actual plot that much. I guess it, was, I guess it, it was, added to your uh, Galaxy from, War score, I guess. I felt as though it was for the sake of introducing characters from Mass Effect 2 um, because they d- just didn't really have a... It's always show other- up, do they? Like, if you go to a new place that's a side mission, you know, like, oh, hey, Grunt, how you doing? I actually really liked Grunt's uh, participation in the story. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was cool. It's like how he took on that those Rachni. Oh, man, I, I thought for sure he was going to die. and I then, thought he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was very, um, once again, it was just a very emotional story because you really, you're really emotionally invested in these characters. and He can die in that scene if he wasn't loyal and, um in two really yeah but, yeah but if he wasn't loyal in two then he'll uh he'll fall off that cliff and never come up interesting yep i didn't know that but uh so we now then we then we get to the point where the uh quarians no, they no, want... so you're, you're forgetting the citadel oh i am forgetting the citadel yeah. oh yeah the battle that one yeah now that Cerberus tries to take over the Cerberus citadel tries. uh introduces a character that was actually in the novels um uh kai ling and uh, he's like this badass assassin guy. And yeah. uh, we learn that, um, oh, uh, Sanders from, uh, I guess he never did that mission, but the uh, the teacher from Grissom Academy was um, was in mm-hmm. the games too. Uh, so that's, that was pretty interesting to see them actually in the game. Uh, so we find out that Counselor Udina was a, was a part of Cerberus the entire time. Which I feel to be, I don't know, that, that was in my opinion, one of the weaker parts of the story, because think about it this way. You are a character who is, you know, you, you, he's already said he knows a lot of people on Earth. Now, I can understand maybe the, using the indoctrination uh, argument, but, I mean, the guy is a counselor. I don't or, think he was ever indoctrinated because they never made a reference to it. Yeah, but... The, I think he was just always a part of Cerberus. But at the same time, I mean, look at how everything's playing out. All of your friends are dying or either dead on Earth, and the only way you can stop it to continue is to, you know, help out Shepard and continue. Now, do you really think that any person in their right mind would try and can and, and try and, and undermine fighting the Reapers? Uh, the, the, I mean, undermine the fight with the Reapers. It never really explored much about Udina's involvement with, with Cerberus. Um, I just have to assume that, like, remember from the previous games, he was always, like, the pro-human guy. Yeah. And I just think he was loyal to the elusive man. And, uh, you know, he was trying to, because the council was trying to undermine the elusive man, so... It, yeah. They had a plan to stop. Now... With a Cerberus, if you ever leave Cerberus, they'll hunt you down. So he was—he might have been scared about that too, you know. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, uh, um, the fight overall, I really like that though. Um, and then you get another heroic death with with Thane. So that brings up the character kill count to two, or in my case, with the death of Jack three. 
it would have it had a a little bit less of an impact because the previous mission before um Mordron died. So yeah. it was like, oh, another character died. <laughs> like a half hour between each other. But um Yeah, but um it's actually possible for Thane not to die if you if you never talk to him. Um oh. in a in a, that case it's the uh Salarian commando <clears throat> from um uh, from a special task force that was in part one. Oh Kirahi. Yeah. And if he's dead, then the counselor dies. So that's actually so really it was pretty cool to see Thane again. Um they had that emotional scene on his on his a deathbed where he was like um praying for your soul. And I like that part. Well, he's gonna definitely need a lot of praying later on. <laughs> yeah. uh, so okay, so Corians and Geth was probably like uh, the standout part of the game for me. Yeah, because... I really like the mission where you where you have to enter the Geth consensus, right? Because that was really something different from anything else you ever had to do for the rest of the game. It was the only mission that wasn't an action mission, to be honest. Yeah, yeah it really wasn't an action mission. All you had to do is. Um, it was more like a puzzle mission. Yeah, than it, was, it was a puzzle almost. Yeah, um, I, it was cool to see kind of the history of the Geth firsthand. Yeah, um, I mean, you really get into you, you kind of get into it in the, in the second game, but you don't really get into it to the extent that it that. Well, you learn more about the Geth in the second game. Yeah, but this one you learned how the Corians, you know, reacted to the Geth and their sentience. Yeah, and you also it's kind of all the Corians' fault. <laughs> yeah. But and at the same time, you also learned that not all the Koreans wanted this to happen in the first place. Right. Which I thought was really interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, it was cool to see Legion back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so but, if Koreans are trying to retake their home world, regardless of your, your choices in two, actually. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of, like, bugged me a little bit because they had the mission in two where uh, you can rewrite the, the heretics or not. And actually, in this game, if you chose to rewrite them, that makes the Geth even more powerful. Yeah. Because they because they just went back to the Reapers anyway. Which kind of frustrating. Because of the Corians, but I don't, I'm pretty sure that at the at the end of the day, there wasn't much of a of a gameplay difference between the two choices. Maybe there were some more powerful enemies. I I don't really know. But um, yeah. So the the Corians are trying to retake the home world, and this is where having Tally in your alive in your game like kind of makes a lot of emotional difference yeah because she's like in part two she was just like oh i'm gonna have a home on the i'm gonna have a house on the home world and there was that cute little scene where when you when you go down you uh he was like i'll put the living room here <laughs> put the kitchen here um yeah uh, i i uh romance tally face which is clearly photoshopped off the internet oh, here we'll get to that we'll get to that Ugh. Uh, I have a romance tally, so it was cute to see uh, kind of just like the back and forth between her and Shepard. And I actually had a, a Garrus with me during that mission. And he was like, get a room, you two. I, I actually, I was my brother. He um he was playing it too, and he did the tally romance. And I saw that. I, I, I laughed a lot yeah. when I saw um, I read if you didn't romance either of them, that uh, they end up in a relationship at the end of the game. Yes, I was cracking up it's you, you, you actually you go into to the the weaponry room yeah. right before the last mission and you catch them in the act and they're really uh they just, <laughs> in the act <laughs> no they're just 
like they're they're just kind of embracing each other about as though they're trying because I mean you can't really kiss Tally because she's got the helmet yeah. thing, but um you know suddenly Shepard Garrett- does anyway in the game. It's like there's one point where obviously he's just a placeholder, but he goes yeah. in to kiss him. It's like you know you're kissing her dirty helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just looks like she keeps it relatively clean. Mm. But okay, so they're like they're like snuggling in the corner and you break them up. <laughs> Yeah, and then, then suddenly Tally and, and, and Garrus, they kind of just they just jump apart, and they're like, oh, um, well, you see, I, my, my talon got stuck on her helmet, and and Tally's like, well, you see, there was a suit rupture, and he was trying to help me out, and then you just <laughs> then you interrupt him, and he's like, I'm happy for you. And, and best best part of, of, the time of that was when Garrus is like, well, it's nice to know that there's something to come back to. And Tally, best line in the game, um, what do you think? This is just a fling, Vicarian. I'm only using you for your body. <laughs> your uh catness uh chitinous avian body <laughs> pretty much um probably not the best line in the game there's probably some better That's ones pretty I, I i i really like that i thought it was the it was pretty funny there was that scene with uh after the the koreans after the um i forget the name of the home world but after the home world stuff where atali's in the bar did you get that scene oh yeah when she gets all drunk she, she that- what was the name that she gave a straw? Uh, induction port. Induction. Uh, induction tube. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a straw. It's an induction tube. <laughs> I like that part. But yeah, I, uh, you help the Koreans take back their home world, and you're presented with uh, the uh, the next big choice in the game, which I actually didn't know what to do. I was like, oh no, what do I do? Yeah. You can either you can basically give the the uh, Geth um individual intelligence which is something that they never had they were they were always smarter in groups but no yeah. you, you can give them this reaper code and they'll be individuals and basically overpower the Koreans. or you can uh what was what was the other choice like you, you could not do it and the and, and the Koreans would you know Just take it over because they were all loyal to to shepherd now um i'm guessing you chose the Koreans. I did. I no. I, I chose to implement the data into the into the Geth. Oh, you did. Yeah. So you that you chose for the the Koreans to um destroy the Geth. I chose not to give him the code, and Legion was like, "No, what are you doing? I can't let you do this." And he picks up Shepard by the throat. Oh yeah, I saw. It, I saw that cut. He's about to to throw him off the cliff, and Tally, like a boss, takes out her knife and. Stabs him in the, the neck or like the spine. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, I did not want to do that to the Geth. Um, I, I have to choose the Corians. Yeah. So what happens when you choose the, the, the Geth? What happens when you choose the Geth is that um, you, uh, Legion downloads it. And while that's going on, the Corians are getting ready to attack the Geth. And the thing is, if you attack the Geth while that's going on, they're going to dis- – they'll wipe out the Corians because they're going to have this intelligence of the Reapers. Right, um, right. So what happens is that Shepard gets on the comm link and he convinces them not to do it. So if you have enough Paragon, you can tell them to oh, stop. Oh, so it's like a Paragon choice. Yeah. But um, in the end, uh, Legion has to give up his own energy to finish off the transfer. So he, in the end, he dies anyway. Okay. So um, – but in the end, all the Geth have sentience, and they help the the Corians regain the home world. Uh, and so they, that so if you have enough Paragon points, they they both join the cause. 
yes, they both joined the cause. Uh, since I imported a game from two, I found that I never had a problem with Paragate or a Paragon or Renegade points. I always had enough for each choice. Like, is that the case with you? Um, there was a point at the very end when I did not have enough for uh, Paragon to have a conversation with the elusive man. Okay. But that was I always had enough points for actually even Renegade points, which I was surprised of. Yeah, I was that that did, I was kind of confused by that actually. So really, just all the choices was like, oh, Paragon, Paragon, Paragon. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I chose the Corians. Um, obviously, if the 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 fleet is destroyed or whatever, then uh, Italy does not join your party. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I really like that. Um, and the stuff with the, the Geth and Corians, um, like in their past, was part of the thing that. Uh, they were saying about synthetics versus organics. Like at, at some point, organics will always create create a synthetic race that will over, overthrow their masters and run rampant throughout the galaxy. Yeah, which we'll get to a little bit later. But they're saying it happens every cycle. Um, Jaff was saying that it happened during his cycle, but they were able to to quell it. Um, so it's one of those like repeating things. Yeah. Don't 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 bring that up that part of the game because I I have a lot of choice things to say about it. So that was okay. We're nearing the end, but we yeah. still have, we still have to take down the elusive man. Yeah. So no, it, time... no after this after this the Asari oh, right. no, masks. No, that first. was a uh, that was oh right, that was yeah right that's before it. Yeah, so you like, to, yeah. You, you, visit a, you visit a lot of homeworlds in this game, which I actually really liked. I was starting to wonder because actually I thought Ilium. Was the home world? No, of, it's it's just a, it's just a, a major sorry planet on the edge of Alliance space or the Citadel space. So yeah. uh, we go to the Asari home world to um, get an artifact from a temple, which I thought was really cool because the Asari, we learned, don't really have a big military. Like their 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 systems are relatively peaceful. So they never had a need for a big military, and so they were just kind of hit out of left field when uh when the Reapers attacked. And um, you know, they're saying we're going to retreat from this temple, and Shepard is like, "No, we need to do this, or else the war is over." And that commando was like, "Ah, fine." And uh, get to the temple, you discover that Prothean uh was actually the uh, sorry god. <laughs> Which I think made a lot of uh, um, Asari unhappy. Oh, it, it made Liara unhappy. Oh, yeah, Liara, wow. And they Liara. find out that, like, uh, you know, how um, the Asari had access to all this technology, but they never shared it. Yeah. All that stuff. So it kind of put a little bit of a... Uh, the Asari homeworld was just, like, it was, it's gone, right? Like, the Reapers just decimated it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Because, I mean, Palavin and, and Earth, they both had a formidable defense, yeah. but Thessia really didn't. And like, the, the Reaper and the Reapers were attacking the Solarians and some of the other other species, and like they kind of stayed away from the Krogan. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's like, you know, the Asari homeworld. It's gone, basically. And uh, so they have... There's an artifact there that can lead them to the... Um, Catalyst, which is the last piece they need for the, the super weapon, and it says Prothean Vi can lead them, the, lead them the way. 
but the elusive man gets his hands on it because of Kai Ling. So yeah. it's it's kind of just a real like a low point for for Shepard because it's like this is a guy who basically never fails. You know, he's never failed. And yeah, this is the real first time that he's failed a mission. Yeah, and like he comes back and says, "We lost the artifact." It's like what? But your commander Shepard. You never lose. Like, we lost. Shut up. And uh, the Asari counselor is like, oh, crap. We need to, I need to pr- preserve the continuity of my species now. It's like, oh, God. You know, that's a, well, on a side note, I, I was very, it, I thought it was interesting how, you know, for the first two games, the council is so obsessed with how wrong you are and how stupid you are for thinking the Reapers are, are real. And then you show up in Mass Effect Three, and they and they're just they just start they just talk about Reapers like oh yeah we were they they didn't even bring up the fact that uh, they didn't even apologize, which kind of frustrated me. I wonder how the game plays out if if, if the council dies in a in the first game. I'm not really sure. I think from what I understand that the the council is kind of replaced by representatives of their species. It's not really part of the council, but. You know, mm-hmm. they have a, a sorry representative, you know, that offers advice during wartime or whatever. So I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. This is another case where choices d- don't really affect the story because they still find out ways to put it in. Like if the Rachni Queen is dead, then the Reapers just make a new one, from what I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which, Honestly, I was under the impression that the Rachni were going to play a much larger role in the final battle, which they didn't. Well, they, they were helping, in my opinion. Is what they were doing. Yeah, I, feel, I was under the impression that you were going to have a whole bunch of giant ra- I mean, you saw the size of those ra- of that Rachni. I was expecting like a huge-ass army of those things to go take out a couple well, of Well, that's Reapers. the Rachni queen. The Rachni themselves are, you know, about the size of people. <clears throat> but, um... So, you have to take down the elusive man who's been testing Reaper tech on civilians. Um, and there's a plot with uh, Miranda and all that. Um, yeah, so I'm, I wasn't actually that interested in that part of the mission because I never really liked her backstory about um, her father and her sister. It just didn't really interest me that much. And I don't know. It seemed it didn't seem very fleshed out in, 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 in this mission. Yeah, that wasn't... I mean, from a, a story standpoint... You find out what the elusive man was doing, so that's that's fine. Um, you assault his base, uh, where Edie comes along with you, and he learned that Edie was that uh, rogue AI, uh, VI from the moon, which is a <laughs> which I I thought that was pretty cool actually. To and you know, well, I, I guess we didn't really get off on the right foot. Yeah. Yeah, so. you're saying it's hard for you to, in the first moments of sentience, to be under attack. <laughs> that was yeah. kind of interesting because that was kind of this this unexpected standout moment in the first game when you actually go to the moon and you see Earth in the background. And there was a lot of Mass Effect One characters that um you get to see again, like the uh, a doctor from the wards. Like now she runs one of the biggest uh, clinics on the on the Citadel. And there was this girl from Korra's Den who, if you save, she saves Conrad from being killed. Yeah. Which I thought, I was so surprised by Conrad in this game. Because he actually proved to be useful. 
Even though he didn't really do anything in the end. Yeah, you know. Like, that's funny. This gunshot doesn't really hurt. Because they're blanks, you moron. What other characters from one showed up again? There was um, that, uh... Jerry. Uh, there was that Turian uh, general who was, like, all drunk and stuff. He was kind of in the... In three, he was there trying to take down the Blue Suns. Um, I was doing, like, Paragon options, but then when I got to that point, I was like, the Solarian, like, Solarian was like, oh, I... I um, I can give you your guns if you find me these artifacts. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do all that. So I just killed the general <laughs> in that point. But oh yeah, um, Arya was in this game. Kind of a mm-hmm. reduced role. Um, I was sad that we we uh, didn't see Omega again. So I really yeah. like that. I was in that because um, the elusive man took over Omega. That that's where we was gonna where we were going to attack him in the fight in that game. I didn't. But think um, that, but I just yeah. I just figured that they didn't want they didn't have a reason for Omega to be there, so I just put Ari on I'm on the Citadel. So yeah, it was fun to see. I her. did like how she wasn't that important. Like I thought she would be. It was fun to unify the uh, the Blue Suns, the Eclipse, and the uh, Blood Pack together. Yeah, that's pretty good. But. So we get so after defeating Kai Lang and talking with the elusive man, which I thought was great, where he's Shepard, you're sitting in my chair. Yeah. Which I I, I like that. Um, but still, um, after well, we learned to, that that after we learned this pretty earlier on, we we learned that the elusive man is trying to control the Reapers. And um, obviously, he's like, no, that's bad. So uh, and he's you know he's sacrificing humans to do it, and and I thought the fight through his uh, space station was pretty cool. I mean, fight through the remains of that of that uh, human reaper from two. Oh yeah, and then you also see the video logs about how you know you just you, you learn about the pro the process, um, basically what what he what he's been doing in the background for the past couple for the past few years. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, when they like recovered Shepard and all that. Yeah. Um. Then you have one of the really one of the few boss battles in the game against uh, Kai Lang, which um, actually actually died a few times on. It was not easy. Yeah, it was kind of frustrating. Um, and it was really cool to fight in his office. I I liked uh the backdrop for that, but mm. overall, it was. That was um, small potatoes compared to how many times I died when I was trying to kill the Reaper on to, on uh, on Rannoch. It was ridiculous. I died like twenty times trying to kill that thing. On but, the Corian? Yeah, on the Corian homeworld, that thing wiped me out. It was ridiculous. It was really like one. <laughs> yeah. We have the um, um orbital laser. Yeah. Huh. I think I died once because I had to get the hang of like dodging his lasers. I was not good at that. Uh, um, I, I actually realized that it's go, the laser goes a lot faster if you pump the trigger rather oh. than hold it. So, but a little side information. <laughs> you do find out from the Prothean VI that the uh, Citadel is actually the catalyst, which I thought was uh, interesting because of how the Citadel plays in a very important role in the first game. It's now, it all, all kind of winds back to the Citadel for the final game. Yeah, like, not only is it the the mass relay that like take the reapers from dark space into our, our galaxy it's also the thing controlling the reapers and this is a little later but we learned the uh, catalyst is 
the the master of the Reapers. We also know that the catalyst is the little child that was killed at the beginning of the game. How poetic. Uh, uh. So this game had a really good like last part where you're assaulting Earth. Yeah. On, like on the streets in, uh, uh, of London. I mean, just the noises, the explosions. But one thing Mass Effect 3 did really good is with its like just <clears throat> like one of the parts where you're on a Tachanka and you're running through the the battlefield and there's just explosions everywhere. It's like, oh my god. You know, none some, of them. Some, I'm running to the next checkpoint. It's like none of them hit you, of course, but uh, but on Earth it's kind of the same way. I mean, there's this just a Reaper in the background doing its War of the World honks and just being crazy. And there's no music, so it's really tense. Yeah, um, I actually I will say I was kind of surprised that Harbinger didn't. I was I, I was under the assumption that Harbor, Harbinger was gonna was gonna play a much larger role. Yeah, he, in this for all intents purposes, he wasn't in the game. Yeah, at all. And like one of the things I liked about too is uh, um, when he takes over the bodies of the of the collectors and he's like does those quotes at you, like you felt like Harbinger was a was a villain, you know. He was yeah. someone trying to stop you at every turn, but he shows up in the game, but no, but not in really any real capacity. And he doesn't really say anything. He doesn't say anything at all. Yeah. The only real time you have a conversation <laughs> with the Reaper is that dead one on Rannoch, and that's it. Yeah. And of, and of course, it has big loud speakers that speak English. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what is it with this whole thing of all aliens on life speaking English? Uh, there's like translators or something. Yeah, that, they all have able fish in their ears. That, uh, everyone has them implanted when they're when they're little. It's like universal. I mean, that's that's the lower reason. So, oh wow, well, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, then we get to well, the well, like the uh, yeah, the streets of London stuff. Some of the most intense action in the game, especially in the last part. Yeah, it's, or, yeah, holding holding that area was very difficult. Yeah, especially since the enemies just keep coming until you actually launch the missile at the reaper mm-hmm. and like I, I didn't really know that at first i was like like okay the missiles are ready it's like oh crap i'm fighting three banshees here or whatever like and like but i realized if you just find a, a lull in the action you just run over and complete it that's that's probably the part in the game where i died the most is that last battle section yeah um it's now we're, we're into ending territory here uh, okay i think i'm gonna i think you're gonna rant a lot Oh, we never talked about Tally's face. <laughs> oh, that, okay. That was upsetting. Okay, For so starters, I, I understand that it is expensive to make these models. And to make a unique alien face that's only going to be on screen for a few seconds, I can understand if they didn't have time or money for that, okay? So, when... But- the- when Tally takes off her face, her mask, and you don't see it, I'm like, I was pretty disappointed. But I knew, I knew her face was in the game, so maybe there's a picture or something. I will say this: now that I know, I really wish I didn't know, because it was so anticlimactic. Because you expect something a lot different. Yeah. So from artistic and creative standpoint, the only thing remotely human in the Mass Effect universe is the Sorry, but they're still, you know, they're blue and they have the head tentacles. Yeah. The Asari, the uh, Quarian, Atali's picture was 
a person with white with, eyes yeah. and a f- head full of beautiful hair. So, it was really, it was really irksome, and, and with some with some markings on her body. And the worst part about it, if I mean, if, if you haven't heard, but um, the that was actually a a stock photo yeah. from the internet. Yeah, they, it, they didn't even, and that irked me too. They couldn't draw a picture, a painting. They yeah of what a Korean, and it looks so out of place because you know it's a real person. And why would Tally take this picture of her, you know, like they should, she even said herself, we can only take off her helmet. But she gives you a picture of where she's like wearing like a, a summer dress or whatever. Yeah. And uh, her hand look, look looks awkward because, I mean. It only has three fingers. It has three fingers, but you would think a species that only evolved with three fingers would evolve them a little differently, you know? Yeah. And, uh. And if you lived your entire life in a spacesuit, you would not have that big head of hair. You would keep it. You would keep it sh- like short and, and yeah, and shaven. Yeah, that or, or kind of pulled back in some way. But I mean, she had a full ass head of hair. Yeah, it was just no. I, I, the thing is, I felt a, not enough effort was put into it. It was an afterthought. If they were gonna, if they were gonna, if they were gonna reveal it like that. If they were going to reveal what Tally looked like in that way, then they shouldn't have revealed it at all. Which but is one thing. It, I, it was only for if, if, if you romanced her, too. So. Yeah, I know. But still, I would much rather have not known what she looked like. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I, it's, it, 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 it's frustrating. So I like to pretend that that's – I see that some uh, – this is, this is just like fans, you know – rendition of what they think tally might look like and there were some good designs that were obviously very human-like because you can tell she has a nose yeah helmet um but you know it had most of the most of the versions i saw she had a pinkish purple skin yeah she kind of seems appropriate and she always had like short hair sometimes she had like little head crests or you know kind of a elongated head because their helmets look like they're slightly elongated and um you know, you can make her look human-like, but having her look exactly like a person, like a human, mm-hmm. that just really disappointed me. It's yeah. like it's like in Star Trek, everyone's a human, you know? And it, Mass Effect very clearly states that there's only the Asari resemble humans, and that's just kind of from a sci-fi, you know, sci-fi alien standpoint. I, I think it was just basically, it was a fear from Bioware that they didn't want to make um tally look unattractive and have everybody regret. you can make it look like an alien look attractive i mean exactly i mean like it's hard to do that obviously i'm not into this but i mean like thane isn't is a reptile but he's a pretty suave looking dude yeah so i don't know you know i'm i, I mean i understand them so not wanting to build a model for her because it's it takes time and energy and money but the way they did it in a Photoshop stock photo was and very she looked exactly like a person was not it was pretty disappointing to me. Yeah. But um all right, now now with that in mind, let's let's get on to to something that I have a lot to say about. <laughs> I think a lot of Mass Effect 3 fans there's going to be a a divide between them. I think some of them are going to hate this ending. So oh. 
<laughs> so they they cleared their way to uh, to this special thing that was bringing humans up to the citadel, which is now over Earth. Um, they make us running or one last running whatever to to it, and Harbinger's in the background. And she's just decimating everyone around him. You're dodging bullets. You're seeing. I think the 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 two people that are with you. I think I'm pretty sure they get killed. Um, during that assault, because you know no one's really left alive, and Which um, sucked because Liara was with me. Yeah, yeah, she was with me too. But we'll get into that later. But because uh, there's really no way to know if she survived because they never address it. But um, yeah. So you're dodging lasers, and there's one laser that comes right in front of you. You try to run away, but no, it hits you, and you think Shepard's dead, but he's not dead. Limping towards the the beam, like a he just shoots away his enemies and gets into it. Um, finds out there's a bunch of human bodies on the Citadel. They're probably making a new Reaper out of them. Uh, you uh, confront the elusive man. And this is where the, the game starts to diverge for different people, like who lives and who survives, really. Yeah. Well, really, because... Anderson. Like, Anderson's there, too. Yeah. Um, did you do the Renegade option where you had to... Uh... Where, where you killed uh, um, the elusive man before he kills Anderson? Or what did you do? I uh, I did Paragon all the way. So he shot Anderson, and then he, he shot himself. Oh, he shot himself, so he didn't shoot you? Um, he... I don't think he shot me, no. Hmm. Um, That's weird. Yeah, like, he, he pulled a Saren from Mass Effect 1, and... He was like, you're doing the wrong thing, elusive, excuse me, elusive man. He was like, oh, no, I am, and he shoots himself. Um, wow. So I thought it was a great moment when they um, insert the crucible in, in, the, in the Citadel, and they're like, nothing's happening. And Shepard is just like, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, I, he's half dying. He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and uh turns out he doesn't have to do anything. Uh, the... Uh, the uh, a catalyst presents himself in the form of a hologram of the little boy he's been dreaming about. That sounded wrong. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we finally, after all this time, figure out what the what the deal with the Reapers is. And this is kind of where the disappointment comes in for me, because we learned that, of course, the Reapers call the the, the galaxy of all sentient organic life every 10,000 years and they leave younger species alone so they could evolve so the, so the cycle can continue we know this yeah. we know that they're, they're sort of they bring order to chaos if you if you if you thought about it at all you would kind of figure that out and we learned that the reason for this is to protect the galaxy from artificial life and and that's really about it. It's like we make sure the galaxy doesn't destroy itself because synthetics come and kill everybody. And for me, it was like, well, okay, but didn't didn't Sovereign say in Mass Effect One that humans cannot comprehend their purpose? And I'm like, well, I got that just fine. <laughs> I understand what you were doing before this. Oh, so I thought there was a little bit more. Or, what's that? Sovereign's just a stuck-up bastard. And doesn't yeah, think he that... just thinks he's so great. <laughs> like, oh, you can't understand, human, what I'm doing. But, like, 
except for the fact that it's solely for the purpose of protecting the world from uh, artificial life or the, the galaxy. There wasn't any great revelation about what the Reapers were doing. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of implied that that the VI you're talking to was created by, like, the first species of the galaxy. Where, where, yeah. where, actually it wasn't even clear. This is kind of what I think. I think the Reapers were created by the first species of, the, of who gained sentience in the galaxy. Or, or one of them, anyway. Or the first time that someone created our artificial life and they were on the brink of extinction because of it. So they sacrificed the remainder of their, of their population to create the Reapers because they're made from bioorganic material. And the Reapers mission is to make sure it never happens again. And that's what I got from it. And it's neat and everything, but it's not the revelation I was expecting. My actual, what I interpreted from it was that the, that a long time ago, some civil, kind of kind of on the same lines as you, but my interpretation of it was that the, they created them on without the intention of them becoming this super. My guess is is that they created synthetic artificial intelligence, which became self-aware and realized that there was a serious issue that needed to be taken care of. So it rebelled, and we had this huge war that re resulted in the creation of the Reapers. I I, I think that. Yeah, but but then why would the Reapers want to continue? Like, why would they? Why would they want to prevent other artificial intelligence from gaining sentience? I don't know. Maybe it's because, like you said, they're part bio. They're they're bio synthetic, uh, yeah. which would they're kind of a combination of both. They're um, what's the neat thing with Legion mission, or you know, the on the coin, uh, but the Geth and stuff, um, saying that. Wouldn't the Reapers, not uh, the Geth, choose to respect their creators? And they said there's one major difference between organics and synthetics in this in this uh, case. You, as a human, cannot understand your god. You know your god is superior, right? But the Geth, but the, mm -hmm. but the Geth were saying we know who our creators are, and we know we're superior. And I really like that. It's like if you know you're if you're better than the people who created you, wouldn't it be your instinct to try to rise above them? You know, and that's actually a really interesting point. Yeah. Which I and that's what and that's what the Reapers were, I think, trying to prevent. It's like they they said it is inevitable that any artificial life form, any great capacity, will naturally try to um, overtake their creators. And uh, it it's inevitable that's going to happen so somewhere in the galaxy. So it's yeah. their jobs, and like I like all that stuff. But and of course they have to withhold that information to the very end, or else what's the point? You know, there's nothing exactly. to look forward to. But they kind of had it sounding this, like it was so complex and beyond our comprehension that you know we can't tell you about it. In, in my opinion, this is this is just a Deus Ex Machina, which really was un I, I was undeserving we we really needed a better conclusion mm. to this huge yeah, conflict yeah and we, I knew the, we knew what the reapers were doing since the very first game we just wanted to know why and i think while it's perfectly fine that's why they're doing it it's not really worth keeping us in the dark for three games i think yeah it's it's just very frustrating and to to like but i mean 
with that in mind, let's let's look at what happens next. The so the catalyst. Which I don't really have a problem with this, but you do. Oh yeah, I have a big problem with this. The catalyst offers Shepard um, two choices or three choices, depending on how much how, what your military readiness was. It, I mean, it'd be one choice too if you if it if it's low enough. But go on. Oh really? What was the one choice? It's probably the the, the first one you're talking about. Oh. The. Uh, so- all right. Well, the first cho- the first choice is you can um, destroy the Reapers, but you have, and you destroy all synthetic life, including the Geth. And all the technology problem- they were kind of applying. Yeah, all, all of technology and everything. All the, the only problem is that they'll eventually make it again, and it'll just start. But this time, there will there, be nobody to stop it from there, overtaking. Yeah, there would be no Reapers. Um, the Citadel wouldn't function anymore. Yeah, you're basically sending the galaxy back to the I don't want to say Stone Ages, but you know, back to pre, pre space flight stuff because the mass relays are gone. There's no way for 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 the galaxy to, to unite until someone invents that stuff again, and yeah. that could take thousands and millions of years. Yeah. So the next option is to control the Reapers. Lucifer Man was right. You so have yeah, to control the, the Reapers. And, and they'll yeah. leave the galaxy, and the mass relay will be destroyed. Yeah, so that's one. And then the, there's another one called synthesis. So the synthesis concept is that you are going to merge with um, – so that all bioorganic and synthetic life will merge to create a new – create new beings, which I don't know. Compared to the other two, it seemed to me like the the – I don't know. So, so what happens is everyone in the in the in the galaxy just comes into to like a, like to a husk basically, and not I mean, really. It's I mean, like you know, they're intelligent and all that, but they're basically like um, glowing blue eyes and all that stuff, and they're like they're like cyborgs now. So, what happens to the Reapers? I that's the thing. I don't know because so so what happens is that this it's instead of blue or red, it's this green light. And all of the Reapers leave Earth, and they go to the source um, that you don't really see what happens to them afterwards. All you do, but what happens is the Shepherd jumps down this huge beam of light, and basically he disintegrates. Mm. And it, oh god, it was just it was awful. I um, it seems like the ending I got and the the first two endings are kind of the more ending endings. That that maybe if you got one of those, you'll be less disappointed. Yeah, that just kind of seems almost like a a bonus ending, if you ask me. Like because yeah, so I, Jenny- I got the ending a little bit unintentionally because I wanted to destroy the Reapers and all that stuff, but I didn't really know what they wanted me to do, so I just ended up going down the red path without even realizing it. And uh, I took a hold of those two things, and the Reapers um, went off and left, and. Shepard uh, disintegrated, and uh, the Normandy went escaping, crash landed on a beautiful garden planet. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really get that part. Like, what, what, what were they implying or symbolically trying to say? It's like that the galaxy was was starting anew, kind of. It was, it was really frustrating because there. I don't know. I I expected more from this ending. I would like to have 
and I can understand that Shepard has done more to save the galaxy than yeah. any other person in existence. So it makes sense that I mean, I mean, the guy's not, you know, he's not bulletproof. He can die. I think but, it was Bioware's intention from the very beginning, saying Shepard won't survive this this uh, a trilogy, and so we have to make an ending that, you know, where he does that, where, you know, he kind of has to do it regardless of everything else you've done in the game. Yeah, and um, I mean, but apparently, apparently he can survive if you have enough military readiness. Like you'll see him in the rubble and take a breath right before the uh, the the end credits. But still, it's just I mean, I, what the hell is he gonna do now? He's stuck on the rubble of of, of of the Citadel. He's there's no more mass relays. Joker's probably halfway across the the universe with the <laughs> crashed Normandy. So I mean, it's not it's it's. It, it is. I, think, a, I will agree that I think if this was a movie, Mass Effect the movie, it was done like by Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Then, then the the uh, Crucible would have been a gigantic anti Reaper weapon, and they would have blown them all up. And in the rubbles of Earth, he would have swept Liara up in her arms and said, "I love you, Liara," <laughs> and they would have kissed, and like that would have been the end. Um, this oh reminded me a lot of. The ending to the Matrix movie, the Matrix movies, where you know Neo does something that you necessarily weren't expecting. It ends on a, even though this wasn't really a happy note, it ends on a happy note, and it and it ends with a rainbow. <laughs> and this kind of way this was it's like a rainbow for Neo. Yeah, it's like um, Shepard sacrifices himself. The the Reapers aren't a threat, but it kind of leaves the universe in a pretty sorry state. And um, like regardless of what choice you pick, and um, it symbolizes starting anew by showing green, something you don't really see much in the Mass Effect games. Yeah. Um. So obviously you didn't like the ending. Uh, I, I admit that it wasn't really strong, but I thought that wasn't the important part. The important part was everything else in the entire series. It's like the resolutions that you you made during the game, which kind of ironically don't matter now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, it's, I, I think that's why people are disappointed, you know? Yeah, that, that's one thing. What is the journey if... The journey is a great part of the story, but yeah. if it if it really... If no matter what you do on that journey, everything, if none of that affects... You ruin what, everything? Yeah. Then it's, that's why... It's like if, you go on the, if you go on the Bioware... Excuse me, the... Uh, Bioware forms right now. You know, there's like huge threads about how the people posting hate the ending, and they're like have theories about oh maybe it wasn't real, maybe it was a hallucination. It's like oh maybe maybe Bioware will release DLC that fixes it. I'm like it's like I doubt any of that will happen. This is I, this is the story that Bioware. This is the way they wanted it to end. And um, it's depressing it, that they wanted to end this way. Yeah, it is. I will admit it is kind of disappointing where it's actually kind of really disappointed where regardless of what happens during all three of these games, it basically ends with everyone back in the stone age. I mean, like it doesn't matter that you cure the genophage, the Krogan are stuck in their home world. Now it doesn't matter that the, well, I guess it, it kind of matters with this. It doesn't matter that the Corians are back on their home planet. It's like, they can't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, Tally can't go back to her homeworld now because it's probably halfway across yeah. the galaxy. It's like, um, uh, 
Reeve was on Earth organizing the troops, and he was bragging about how much he made it back in the homeworld. Well, guess what? You're stuck on Earth now. And I bet all those Krogan warriors there aren't female. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, I, I completely understand why people would be disappointed. and But I take the ending as... It doesn't. It, it did. It, it didn't change how much I enjoyed the rest of it, you know. And it didn't change the fact that it happened. And for what it's worth, the ending is interesting. So I don't know. I mean, had I known that that was how it was going to end, I probably would have just stopped at the Elusive Man mission and just called it called it a night. I would. I would have just been like, okay, I've, I've played enough. I'm not. <laughs> I'll just assume that everything ends happily ever after. Pretend. Because- Pretend Shepard died on the when the laser beam hit him. <laughs> I, I I just you know you you hold something to 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 a certain level. I mean you, you assume it, it it's really hard for for Bioware to it was really hard for them to screw up something that was so good, but I think they really managed to pull it off this time. <laughs> yes. And I'm and it's disappointing, but still I I, I I'm not going. I, I will admit it is it is disappointing. Like as a big fan of the game and the series, like that ending was like wasn't what you want to see after you devoted that much time to yeah this. Like it's okay that I guess it's the fact that like regardless of your choice, the universe doesn't continue the way that it was. Like everything's different. Yeah, Um, because I I think it's appropriate that that Shepard died. Yeah, sacrificed himself. But like like we said before, what's the point of curing the genophage, making all these choices? What's the point of either choosing the Geth or the Quarian or blowing up the Collectors or uh, saving the Rachni Queen or whatever like that if by the end of the series, it doesn't matter? Like, the, you're, everyone's stuck on their old planet, their, their own planets again. So... Uh, it it doesn't stop me from enjoying anything everything else though. Like I'm not up in arms about it. Um, yeah. So. I mean, it's really hard for me to say this, but I I, I just <laughs> I I loved I loved the beginning of the game and everything about it. And as it progressed, it just it was got really good. But I mean. Close to the end, it just it really went downhill, and that's and it's a shame because I re- I was really looking for this game. You're saying the near the end, but do you mean just the just the parts on like on, on Citadel? I would say the Citadel. I was kind of disappointed by Tally, but that's not enough for me to to be. Yeah, upset. that's just me that, being mad at Bioware. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just um, that's me being mad as as an artist. Yeah, you know? I would I would agree with you there. I'm right there with you because I mean I I, I know. That that could have been done better, but still, I just feel as though, I, I I just feel as though Mass Effect fans deserve better. I mean, okay, so let's go into fan fiction territory. How would you have like, how would you have the game end, like the series end? Um, I would have had now. Th- think about it this way: the Citadel is a creation of the Reapers, right? Or the species before, but yeah. Or or somehow it's the power source for the Reapers. Right. Maybe, because we we could assume somehow that that is that the mass relays in the citadel are that they that they are connected to the reaper because that's yeah. how they that's that's how they or, organize that. 
So think about it this way. What if the catalyst in some way short-circuited all of the Reapers? It's, it basically fried their, 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 the machines and just wiped them all out. And that, in doing so, that's what happened. But, but it also destroys all other technology. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I would have liked it if, if, if somehow you could have done that without ending in such a weird way. Maybe, I don't know. I just wanted Shepard to be alive. I think, well, that's kind of like your preference. Um, I think the Shepard controlling the Reapers, but the mass relays don't get destroyed would have been a better ending overall. Yeah. Um, maybe have a choice of destroying the Reapers and, you know, doing whatever, but, you know, still have the choice at the end. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the destruction of the mass relays is really what irks people because it basically means that, you know, who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. I actually, this is, um, I can't wait to tell my friend this because she's still playing the game, but uh, during Mass Effect 2, I said, I have a crazy theory about Mass Effect 2. I think that the collectors are Protheans. And she said, you're full of crap. That's not true. <laughs> and guess what? It happened. So well, I have, they, they do mention that in, in, for, in uh, Mass Effect 2, though. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when that happened, I was like, yes, I was right. My crazy theory was right. So in 3, I says, okay, I have another crazy theory. I doubt it will happen, but here it is. I predict that Commander Shepard will interface himself with a Reaper, and that's how they'll win. They'll, they'll take he'll he'll take control of the Reaper fleet, and that's what happens. That's one so, of the endings. Are, are you meaning to say that Shepard would assume direct control? He would assume control of the. I didn't think he, I didn't know if he was going to die, but I thought he's he's going to assume control of the Reaper fleet because somehow. I didn't say how, but I said somehow, and I I, I can say that that happened, and can't wait to can't wait to tell her that. So. Okay, we, we 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 talked enough about the ending. Um, yeah. Overall, I will. Um, like I said, the ending doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game. Even though I liked, I liked it for what it was, but you know, I was expecting more resolution. I I would um, in all, if the ending had been any different, I probably would have given this game a game of five out of five. But I think after that ending, I'm gonna have to give it a four, because it was very disappointing. It's funny but, how endings can change your entire perception of something, you know? Yeah, it, it really can. And it's because if, if it ends a certain way where you really had no control over anything in the first place, what's the point of of doing any of the choices you made in the first place? But I can understand what some people have thought about it. And, I mean, I'm not going to keep complaining about it because, I mean, it's I've, I've clearly said that I'm not a fan of how it ends. But, uh, well... It's like the it's like the Matrix movies. Like I said, I didn't really like that ending either. But actually, it made more sense in the Matrix. But yeah. um, I, I I thought the ending of the Matrix was pretty un- unsatisfying, but it didn't stop me from enjoying the journey. So okay, yeah. let's wrap this up. So so you already gave it a score, four out of five. Maybe more if the ending was better. Yeah. Um, I would say I would give it a four out of five too, but for for different reasons, I thought, like I said at the beginning of the, of the podcast, um, Mass Effect 2 was just a better game, I think, in terms yeah. of 
uh, character involvement and all that. Um, and we didn't really even mention like the, the like uh, side quests and stuff and two where you had to explore for minerals and stuff was really neutered in three. And uh, yeah, but the gameplay was better, had better shooting, had better environments and set pieces. Um, it's just, it just didn't have the new character involvement. I thought the, the stuff with existing characters was really good, but you know, James Vega, he's, he's an okay character, but he's not involving like <clears throat> anyone else was. And, um, I, I don't know why, I guess they needed him in here just cause they needed to, to flesh out this. Well, they, they need a new character, I guess. I guess that's why he's there. It's possible that Garrus and Tally aren't, so they they need to flesh it out. Yeah. So four out of five. Um, overall, um, thought it was a very good conclusion to the series story wise. Even though, like we said, the ending, take it or leave it, whatever. And uh, now I have to find something else to do with the rest of my life. I'm going to uh, pretend. I'm going to take some popular Tally fan art without her helmet and pretend that is the. I'm going to hack the game file, replace that picture of Tally with, with, with one I like, and that'll be... With a picture of Rex? With a picture of Rex, and that'll be canonical for me. <laughs> um, I am going... I'm going to, to put some, some Tally erotic art in there, and that'll <laughs> be my picture. I'm, I'm going to uh, become a, a computer science major. I'm going to find out how to create a... Uh, graphics in a video game, I am going to completely rewrite the ending where Shepard decides that he that he is Commander Shepard and this and he wants a favorite ending on the Citadel. Say, I'm Commander Shepard and this is my favorite planet in the universe and he kicks Harbinger in the nuts <laughs> and he does a triple backflip. <laughs> and, and then Garrus comes in with a, with a calibrated Thanix cannon. He's like, so, calibrate this! And blows I'm doing up. some calibrations on your ass! <laughs> and, uh... And then, and then, uh, you know, it's just for for kicks. He punches Chuck Norris in the face, and and Rex comes ends. in and goes, "Shepherd," <laughs> and that's how we end it. And uh, that's the that's the real ending. <laughs> to Mass Effect Three. I can't wait to see how it should have ended and see what they do for Mass Effect. <laughs> I wonder if I could somehow animate that. <laughs> how Mass Effect Three dude, should have ended. I I will help you with that if you if you. <laughs> we heard it here now. Let's collaborate on a movie, on a flash We're, movie. Doesn't have to be long. Doesn't have to be long, but it will be. It will be the how real Mass Effect Mass Three should have ended, even though I kind of liked it. <laughs> we'll just have all that crazy stuff. Oh my gosh, let's do it. I, I'm willing to. I am willing to take part on that. That would be I, fun. Okay. Well, I will get. I will get to you on that. I, I will think we'll, up some some good we'll ideas. Talk. We will talk. Okay. So um. You, you can email us at josephelfrog at gmail.com. You can follow our Twitter accounts, which I'll put in the podcast description. Um, you can also follow my Commander Shepard account. You still update that? I still update that. Is it, which, is it popular? Oh, it is. I have 480 followers. It's not bad. Um, what's, the, uh, what's, what's the Twitter name? Which one? What's the, what's the name of it? What's the Twitter? Oh, it's uh, oh, it's CDR undersca- uh, underscore Shepard. Okay. Um, did you, when you beat the game, did you make your displeasure known? Oh, not yet. I got to come with something good for that. Um, that's pretty cool. And uh, 
Yep. We'll uh, see you next time. Um, we'll probably do a kind of a Mass, Mass Effect uh, retrospective for the first two games uh, with uh, Dustin in, in a little bit, just because we it's like we really like the series and it's pretty interesting. So we'll probably have a mini cast about the uh, first two games because we never really talked about it much. But yeah. But um, see you next time. All right. Enjoy your YouTubes. YouTubes. See ya. See ya.